0: Welcome to another episode of the Delayed Gratification Podcast, where we talk about building wealth with some amazing people. Today is nothing different than other episodes. I have somebody super amazing on here, Miss Janetta Pay. Hey, what's up, Janetta? Hi, everyone. How you doing? Good. It's
1: been a minute. It's
0: been a minute. I'm glad, though, because the last time I saw you, I think I cried, but we're going to talk about that.
1: Oh, we yes, gonna talk about yes, that, okay.
0: yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, okay. I think I cried. Yes, I got in the car and you, I cried. So, you can you introduce yourself?
1: I am Janetta Pay. I am a business attorney. I've been practicing for over ten years now. Wow,
0: yeah. ten years. Yeah, in Atlanta.
1: Um. Well, I started in Chicago. And then I moved to Atlanta maybe about like six years ago. So I have loca- offices in Atlanta and Chicago. Now. You're big time. But I'm just, you know, I'm trying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so look, before I get into why I cried, I want to know does delayed gratification mean to you? What does it mean to you?
1: Um, for me, I, I think I've experienced delayed gratification my whole life. Um, just becoming a lawyer because, for example, you have to take the LSATs. Um, to it's a standardized test yes. you have to take to apply to law school. What is it, like
0: a, a super-powered SAT? Uh,
1: yeah, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I just never want to be bothered with the LSAT <laughs> again in my whole entire life. But it, it's really difficult. Okay. Um, so you take the test, mm-hmm. then you wait to get your test results to see even if you scored high enough to apply to like any law school. So that's like delayed gratification because you're waiting for something that you're working towards or manifesting or wanting to happen. And you're doing all of the things that you need to do to make it happen, but then you have to that waiting period, that waiting period until it finally happens. Or for example, when I took the bar exam, I took it in like August in the summertime. Yes. And I didn't get my test results back until like November. So I was waiting like That's well, a October. Long so time. I was yeah, I was waiting like three months to find out if I had passed this thing. Three whole months. And when I did, <sighs> I was like, oh my God, it was like a life-changing moment. But again, that was that delayed Gratification those three months that I had to wait to find out. Did you out. pass it the first time? Hell yeah. I said I was only taking that bar exam one time and one time only. Oh,
0: so you were really smart.
1: I, no, I, I put in the work. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I took it like a job. So that summer I took like three months off. And all I did from 9 in the morning to, like, 11 o'clock at night was, like, study all day for, like, three months straight because there was, like, no way that I was going to take that test again. And I remember I had my parents come down from Minnesota, like, one week. I was like, Mom, Dad, like, I can't cook. I can't clean. I just needed (laughs) to come to Minnesota and help me. And so for that week, they did my laundry. They cleaned my apartment. They cooked food.
0: That's all right. Mm -hmm. I hear so many people that do what you did, study, take off the whole nine, and still takes them a few times to pass it.
1: And there's nothing wrong with that. Is it, is it nerves
0: that. probably? Most of the time it's probably somebody's nerves or people not testing well because there's some really smart people that I know that have had to take it a few times and then they finally got it.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes it's nerves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's test taking um, because there is a process Yes. Um, to taking that test. And there's tricks. And so I think sometimes if you master the tricks, then it, it helps. So, like, for me, one of the tricks I did was anything that I got wrong, that's what I focused on the most mm. because that's that's where I was making my mistakes. And some people will just focus on what they're getting right. But in order to grow and in order to prove. To focus like on you, what you're getting wrong. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. That's a good tip. That's a million-dollar tip for a lot of these people that are. Yeah, I, um, I never took the bar exam, but I did. Yeah. So I graduated from Emory Law, but when I graduated, I was already in love with real estate, and there was no way for me to go through that pain. I, I think that scared <laughs> me, that pain of having to sit down and study, and I was busy already. So, you know, my my first love was I wanted to be Johnny Cochran.
1: Okay, okay. I wanted to be
0: a criminal defense attorney, so my undergrad is criminal justice but by the time I got through college, real estate had just taken over my life, and I love it. And I um, love it to this day. So real
1: estate is amazing and it definitely has the power to create like yes. long-term generational wealth.
0: And that's why I'm here. So now let's get into business law. I know you focus on business law. What does that look like? What kind of businesses like what do I start when I need a business law attorney?
1: So for me, one of the things I'm passionate about is reading. And so for me, I love contracts and that's what business law is. And so, um, I focus mainly on helping business owners protect like their brands, Mm -hmm. um, whether that be through trademarks, copyrights and contracts. And then I also learned real estate because at the end of the day, I mean, it's just negotiating a contract to buy whatever it is that you're trying to buy. And my love is contracts.
0: So when you say contracts, does that mean like contracts if I'm buying a business or contracts between like what what kind of contracts do you focus on? All contracts?
1: Yeah. So like I said, real estate is a contract, so I focus on that. And then um, if you're like doing business with a partner, I strongly recommend that you have a contract to protect That relationship because a lot of times people will be excited to get into business with somebody and you're like, okay, Ramon, let let, let, like, let's just shake on it. And then when you shake on it, you know, feelings get in the way, emotions get in the way, and then the deals like all busted up. But if you value the relationship and you really want to protect it, then you would get a contract. So everybody's on the same page with the expectations.
0: When should we come to you, though? Like, when should I start talking to you if I know I'm getting ready to get into a business relationship with somebody? How soon before, you know, we we sign that dotted line should I come to you?
1: As soon as you're thinking about it, because then you can have a lot of the difficult conversations up front. And then you can assess, hey, okay, we're not even agreeing on basic things and there's no contract in place yet. Maybe this isn't the right partnership for me.
0: So it's like a marriage.
1: You got a court. You got a vet.
0: Do you do contracts? Like if I'm ready to get married, would you write my contract I'll up for me? No,
1: those contracts. I, prenups, I don't. <laughs> <keep> anything. <laughs> anything related to family law is not me. Not you. No. But
0: isn't, isn't a marriage a business?
1: You know, that's a good question. I, marriage can be a business. It depends, I think, what you're getting married for, right? Okay. So some people, yes, they do have business marriages. It's understood like, hey, we're forming this union because you have certain things, I have certain things, and together we can be a power couple. And other people, you know, they get married for different reasons. For like love. Companionship. Okay. Okay. So, it just depends on what you're getting. But
0: I think right. I want you to write up my prenup because you're really good at business. So, I want to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I know. So, contracts, trademarks, um,
1: copyright, and right? real
0: estate. Copyright and real estate. What's the difference between copyrights and trademarks? I hear people kind of use them interchangeably. What is there a difference? Yes, there
1: is a difference. So for example, this podcast that we're doing, you're going to release it in audio form and you're also going to release it in video form. And those two things can be protected by a copyright because when you think of copyright, I say think of something like artistic in nature, right? Right. And so you're creating content that you don't want somebody else to use without your permission because there's value in this. Um, When you post it to YouTube and you get monetized, there's value yes. in that. Or when you're selling sponsors to uh, you know, advertise on your podcast, there's value in there. There's value in your content. And so you want to protect that with a copyright so nobody else can take your content and try to monetize it for themselves.
0: So that's copywriting. Mm-hmm. So what's a trademark?
1: So a trademark is the name of this podcast is Delayed Gratification. Yes. So that's the brand. So when people hear Delayed Gratification, they think about, Ramon's podcast. And so because they're associating that word or that phrase with your content, with your brand, that is what a trademark is. So a trademark protects your brand and a copyright protects the content itself.
0: Wow. So you broke it down. You made it so simple, like really quickly. I'm going to tell you, I know that you are like super amazing, right? Because you what is it, approve, you got my trademark, you trademarked one of my brands. You trademarked Flipology. And I really just told you what I wanted to do and had a conversation with the team. And a year later, or less than a year later, you called and made me cry.
1: Well, now it's taken more than a year because the trademark office is moving a little bit slowly. So now it's taken <laughs> between like 12 to 18 months okay. to get it approved if there aren't any like issues associated with it. So for you, and plus I know you as well. Um, so when you're registering a trademark, um, you have to select different categories that you want to register your trademark in. And so a lot of times people will just think short term um, and they won't think long long term so like for example i had an athlete client Mm -hmm. um and he wants to release a clothing line so that's all he was thinking about is oh i just want to trademark this for my clothing line and that's it but i'm like you are going to probably go play professional ball and so you want to make sure that you're protecting this brand name as an entertainer as Mm. a performer as well and not just the clothes even though that's what you're on so right those now.
0: categories like so when you apply you have to put in like entertainer clothing line is that what you mean okay
1: yeah and so sometimes people will just do the one category and not think about the different ways their brand or their business can grow and expand and so you definitely want to try um and that's what working with an attorney is helpful is because we can help you to think of and see the different ways your brand might grow. So you can make sure you're fully protecting it and not just one aspect of what you do. Why
0: wouldn't I add like 10 categories?
1: Why wouldn't you? Yeah. What, well, what
0: would make me, cause if I, if I have a brand and I say, you know what? Uh, I think I might want to put it on a car. Oh, I want to do some real estate. What does that make it take longer? Does it cost more?
1: It does cost more. Okay. So the trademark office charges $250 right now as of the date this podcast is airing. Is. I mean, obviously things can change. So you know, if you're watching this two, three years from now, it might not be two fifty, <laughs> but right now <laughs> it's two fifty. Um, so that's what they charge for each category. So the more categories you add, okay. the more expensive obviously it becomes. And then another thing is you kind of have to show that you are active in that category. So sometimes people just like, will say, okay, I know for sure I'm doing this one thing, but they're really doing like multiple things and they're not fully aware of all the categories Mm -hmm. that they can put it in because they are doing like multiple things in their business.
0: If I, let's say I applied for my name in real estate, but in, I, I grow two or three years later, I become an entertainer. Do I have to reapply for that same name and add that category? Or can I just add that category to that trademark? It
1: would be a new application. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I've got to
0: go through that 12, 18-month period Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. So what's the steps like? Like if I come to you, what does it look like? I know that I want to trademark something. Because now I know the difference between copyright and trademark. Like we just learned that today. If I want to trademark my logo or my name, what does that look like?
1: So first of all, we have to decide what are we trademarking because there's two different types of trademarks, right? So your logo would be like a design mark. And if you want it so that nobody can use your logo, then it would be a design mark. But if the name delayed gratification is in the podcasting space is most important to you, then you would trademark the name delayed gratification for podcasts to prevent other people from doing that. So first you have to decide, and this is why we have like a trademark questionnaire where we ask you like a series of questions so we can kind of assess, okay, what is it that you're trying to protect? And then what's the best strategy to go about that? Um, Cause you know, sometimes finance, it's expensive, right? Yes. To uh, do a trademark. And so sometimes people will start off just doing a word mark because they don't want somebody to use the words. And logos are, you know, they change over time. I may change my own logo. Yeah, you might start off with something and you don't like it. And so you can always do that, like, second or later down the line. But um, the name, usually people are pretty much, like, married and committed to their name, and they don't want to change that. So I would just say start there first.
0: Start there. Have you seen where, and I guess I'm going to ask a couple questions here about just I've heard about people doing the trademark where I drop it in the mail. And I guess when I drop it in the mail, you're not supposed to be able to use it. What do they call that?
1: The poor man's copyright is what it's called. Oh, it's a copyright, yeah. not a trademark. Yeah, poor Okay. Man's copyright okay. copyright is what it's called. So um, to establish your date of use or whatever the case may be, you uh, take that thing you created and you mail it to yourself and then the postmark date, uh, signifies okay, this is the date that you started like using the thing. Um, but so what? I
0: can't open it.
1: Uh, well, you just keep the envelope, you know, with the postmark date, right? But then, how do we know that anything could have been yeah, in the envelope? That's what I'm saying. How do we know what was <laughs> actually like?
0: <laughs> so, so maybe I just don't open the envelope then.
1: Uh, I guess. Um, but yeah, so (laughs) now you can see all the complications with why the poor man's copyright is not the best way of establishing or protecting, um, whatever it is you're trying to protect. So that's why we have copyright registrations and you actually submit that thing. So if you were doing like this podcast episode, you would submit a video copy of this episode to the copyright office. And so now they have it on record, like on this date today. Mm -hmm. That we created this episode because that would be the date of creation or the date of publication because there's somebody else in the room with us who's who's watching this. Yes. Um, and then you it's going to be on YouTube and all these other platforms. So, you know, it, it will be published to a yes. third party. Um, and so that's why we have copyright. So now it's documented. There's no confusion um, that, you know, Ramon created this thing and he is the one that owns it.
0: So do I have to copyright every episode?
1: If you want them to be, yes. But here's the thing, though. When you create something, you mm. have what's known as common law copyrights, right? Okay. So that means by virtue of creating it, it's it's protected by a copyright. But the limitation is you're only limited to your geographical area. So if somebody in Georgia or Atlanta was using delayed gratification for the podcast, then you could... Uh, take action against that. But if somebody else in Missouri started using delayed gratification for their podcast and you don't have a federal copyright, you can't do anything about it.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's scary.
1: That's why we say copyrights and trademarks to protect your assets, right? Because these are all things that you can leverage to build generational wealth.
0: And you specialize. in. so if I come to sit down with you and I'm starting this uh, online platform And I have a course and we got everything. I can come to you, sit in your office, and we can protect that through contracts, the copyright and the trademarks.
1: Correct. And it's more like than one way to like protect your asset, right? So Mm -hmm. if you want to be fully protected, then yes, you have to think about like a comprehensive legal strategy Mm -hmm. and how you want to protect your business, how you want to protect these assets that you're creating or acquiring um to build long term wealth.
0: Mm, mm. Any 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 horror stories around like I, I I I built this huge brand and then I come to you but somebody's already started doing it. Have you heard of any of those? Yeah, or have you dealt I, with any of that? Yeah
1: I've had um people who wanted to trademark a brand uh-huh. and um they couldn't get their trademark application. They're like, oh I've been doing business under this thing for like 25 years but they couldn't get their trademark application approved or through because somebody else was already using the name and it was registered um, once we searched. And so they're like, I'm like, you're going to have to rebrand. And, you know, (laughs) as business owners, people don't want to spend the time and the money and the energy into rebranding. But the way that it works is the first to file and it's on record. That's who has the ownership rights.
0: So what happens in that? situation the person that had the bigger brand the person that had the smaller brand or just co- or trademark that can tell them to stop using that name
1: yeah they can send you a cease and desist letter um saying that they have a federally registered trademark on that name or that logo mm-hmm. and so you can't use it so for example like snoop Dogg, he tried to trademark his um uh, stereo uh, snoop loops and I saw that fruit loops or Kellogg's I should say, cause that who owns fruit loops. They're like, uh, uh-uh, um, you can't do that because it's substantially similar. It looks like, or fruit loops brand. Um, so yeah, they, you can get a cease and desist,
0: but how are they able? Cause that's two different names,
1: but Snoop loops and fruit loops. Like I don't have like the logo, um, right now <laughs> to show you like how they look the same, but it, 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 it happens. And same thing with, uh, NBA player, Luka Doncic, he Mm. tried to trademark his uh, Donic 77 logo, but his mom, who was, you know, handling his business affairs at the time, she registered Donic 7 under her name. And so when he went to go, now he's an adult, he's handling his own business. When he went to go trademark his Donic 77, the trademark office said no, because there's already one that's out there. The only difference is just one number. But your mom owns that, so no, you can't register your trademark.
0: He couldn't work that out with mom?
1: Well, maybe they did because he dropped his um, trademark cancellation petition, so maybe they had some, you know, under the table. <laughs> That's <conversation>. rough.
0: <laughs> Were you handling that for him?
1: I wasn't handling that for him, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wow. So, I mean, like, if my trademark was, let's just say, I don't know, Ramon's Real Estate, right? And there was a guy.
1: Well, that's really generic. So I don't even know if you get Ramon's real estate approved because Ramon is your name and real estate is like a generic term. So, but I I get the, I get the example though.
0: So, so you're not able to trademark generic terms No, to just cause people are going to use them all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. I thought somebody owns like different words.
1: No, the more unique and the more distinctive it is, okay. the greater your chances of getting that approved.
0: How long does it take for them to tell you if it's approved or not? Like, if you put in the application today, is it that same 12 to 18-month period before you know? So it's not like somebody's sitting somewhere that can say, What's well, the government to? But they can say, nah, you know it's somebody else's name. We're not, we're not approving that.
1: Well, so they... Once it's filed, like once mm. it's in, there's a record of that. So even if it hasn't been approved yet, mm-hmm. um, they will check and see if somebody else before you has filed something, even though it's it's not approved. And if they have filed it, then they'll just put your application on pause until they see like what happens with the one ahead of you, or um, they'll just say no.
0: Okay. How expensive is it? Trademark copyrights. I mean, we may as well put it out there because People want to, you know, I want them to make sure they're calling your office, hitting you in the DM, or you don't really respond to DMs. But <laughs> calling the office, sending emails. What does that start? I know it's a huge, it can be a huge range because it's it's so many things that goes into it. But trademark and copyright, is it same price or is it different pricing? So
1: it's different pricing um, because the filing fee for a copyright is less than the filing fee for a federal trademark. Okay. And the process it takes about nine months, but I've been seeing a lot sooner for federal copyrights. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, their office is just moving a little bit differently um, than the USPTO. But um, so that is about like nine months or, mm-hmm. or less for a copyright. And then the application process is a little bit different too. So, on average, um, if you're working with an attorney to do your copyright registration, you're probably going to spend anywhere around like $200. Um, and I know that there are services like legal zoom and ink file and stuff like that, that offer it for you. Mm-hmm. But again, they're not, they're doing what you tell them to do. And it's not like they're giving you advice or any kind of like recommendation. It's just mm-hmm. like you say, I want to file this thing. Um, and they submit the filing for you, but they're not saying, oh, well we did a search and we saw that somebody else has, um, you know, the information out there, they're not responding to your office actions. If you get one, um, you're kind of like on your own there, or you have to pay them an additional fee to do that. Um, so the cost does go up. So even though it seems like it's cheaper to work with them, you're not getting the full scope of help that you need to like get it across the line.
0: So you can't ask questions basically. No. So if I came to you and we're working together, And I gave you my name that I want to trademark. You'll research that before.
1: Yeah. Before we submit your application. And if we see like issues or complications, then we'll say, Hey, you know, we don't think you're, likely to get this approved, you may want to rebrand. And I've had clients who had like one name and we did the search and it wasn't happening. And they, but at least they've <laughs> rebranded up front though, right? On yes. the front end. So it's a little bit easier. And we were able to get their application approved. And I've had people who filed it themselves and um, you know, ran into that issue because they didn't check and then they ended up rebranding and we got it through. So
0: So when I'm starting a business These are things that I should be thinking about up front.
1: That's why you should talk to a lawyer before you start anything. Um, Just so you know, cause then we can, like I said, develop a strategy for you to protect your assets before you start creating. Cause what's the point of creating something and investing all this time and money to find out you can't fully reap like all the profits or benefits that you want.
0: So if I'm, can you help me with, My When I get ready to start my business, so like my LLC, do you do that or do you refer me to somebody else?
1: Yeah, so we have a system and process in place for that where, again, we send you a questionnaire, we ask you some questions, and then one of the benefits of working with us is you also get a conversation with an attorney and a CPA because, Mm. you know, there are financial implications associated with starting a business, and understanding those financial implications can help you decide, like, what business structure is the best for you? Because some people think, "Oh, I should be taxed as an S corp." You're a CPA. No, we have, have C- in-house. Um, we have CPA partners. Okay. Um, okay. That you know we do the consultation with, but like some people think, "Oh, well, I want to be taxed as an S corp." That's not the best tax election for everybody because one of the requirements of being an S corp is you have to pay yourself a reasonable salary and your business might not be at the point where it can afford to pay you a reasonable salary so you wouldn't want to choose to be taxed as an S corp but people see oh my friend has an S corp tax election so oh that's the best thing for me but for where you at in business it might not be
0: You know what I learned earlier a few weeks ago in one of the episodes of the podcast is that that you can be an LLC and elect to be taxed as an S-corp. So you don't have to do all the board and pay yourself. It still passes down. You save a lot of money. But again, you got to talk to, because it's based on your situation, you got to still talk to your accountant, CPA, and your business attorney. Yes. Because we all need a business attorney. Yes. Right? Okay. I like that. I like that. So you can help us get started. And if we're planning from the beginning, we can be thinking about that trademark and copyright. Yes, from the beginning.
1: And we've had a lot of clients where we form the business for them, mm-hmm. and then we've done their copyrights and we've done their trademark as their business has evolved and grow. Because, like I said, it's about full, comprehensive protection. Because we want to protect like every aspect of our business, so that way we know when we're passing it down, um, you know, that our loved ones or whoever is inheriting our business isn't inheriting like problems. They're yes. inheriting the benefits, the revenue of our hard work.
0: If not, they just sell it.
1: Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> or
0: just walk away. I mean, I've seen a lot of families that inherit businesses that are, like you say, could be challenges. and Nobody wants to deal with it, so they just walk away from
1: it. Yeah, but then it kind of, I feel like that's a disservice. Well, but they should have set it up correctly, though. But I feel like that's kind of like a disservice to the person who spent all that time having, like, a vision and a dream and wanting to, like, change like the legacy of that family. So like, for example, like my family, we own an event rental yes. business and my nieces and nephews, they work in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they get paid $17 an hour. So
0: they get paid how much?
1: $17. That's a lot of money. Uh, hey,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, literally cause minimum wage is what? Like $10, $9. Yeah, I
1: guess. Yeah. And so just to see them, you know, have this opportunity To like, they don't have to go to McDonald's. They don't have not that I'm knocking McDonald's or Wendy's or anything like that. But they can come to the family business, put in their hours, make seventeen dollars an hour. And I mean, these kids like are making like good money. Like my nephew, like he can clock like six hundred dollars in like two weeks. I wasn't making six hundred dollars an hour in two weeks when (laughs) I was his age. So I'm like, you know, they're blessed to have um, family members who had the foresight to be like, okay. We want more for you guys. We want more for this family. We want you to have opportunities. So we're going to create something to make that happen for you. But at the same rate, I don't know that long term they want to operate this business either. Mm -hmm. And so now we have to start thinking at some point about what the exit strategy is going to be so we can still like reap the benefits for the family, family. but you know, maybe if they don't want to operate or manage it, then they don't have to do that. I
0: was just having this conversation about my children and somebody said, well, do do they do real estate? And I I was like, not really, but I want them to understand it because my vision and my place in life may be as a real estate developer and owning real estate, but each kid is different. And God may want one of them to be a school teacher and one of them to be a veterinarian. And so if I force them over here to do this, then they're not in their gut doing a God given purpose. So they may not ever be happy. And so that's like you're saying, we need to start out with that in mind when we're building a business. And that's why we have a business attorney, because what if they don't want it? What if I retire? That's why we got to put other people in place. Cause I can assure you that probably two of my kids want to be in the entertainment industry and you know, they need to understand how to, how to buy and sell real estate, how to manage what we have but not go and do this day to day.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the skills that they learn from you, I mean, they can invest their entertainment money. Yeah. We can can help (laughs) them.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My daughter that's um, just turned 21. That's, you know, we're working on a property and that's some of the things that even like the tenant didn't pay rent. So you got to deal with this. Mm -hmm. Like I sent a video, you know, posting the notices, like what's next. Do we help them? I also showed her the other side there's some services right now that help people pay rent and bills, mm-hmm. but the tenant has to go out and do it and apply. Yeah, and, and we we're not able to get personal with that. Like it's a business because early on, I would listen to every sob story. Oh, my baby didn't have no diapers. I'm like, take the twenty dollars off. All right, don't pay me this week. Now it's a it's a business. No matter who steps in, rents due on the first, late on the third. Anybody can manage that part of it. Mm-hmm. They don't have the same heart as I have, but I don't need to have that heart because it's either. You're not paying your rent and I'm not taking care of my children or you got to pay your rent and I can take care of my children because this is my business. So I get what you're saying, though. You know, we got to set it up right from the beginning.
1: And with your point that you just said there, sometimes it's better to have like somebody else who's like, you know, indifferent to that stuff. Um, handling that and just being like, Hey, you know, rent is due and, you know, no, no graces. Yeah. And that's part of too, like building your team is knowing where you're weak at mm-hmm. and then finding somebody you can put in place to handle those things that you're weak at. Cause that's how you grow faster. That's how you scale.
0: So when I come to you to start my business, do you help us set up like the operating agreement procedures? Do you go into all of that or, or do you just help us get started? file it, the business, and then we got to go somewhere else and figure out how to operate it.
1: No, um, so we do offer, like, an operating agreement template for, like, our deluxe package. Okay. And then if you want an attorney to customize it for you, it's just a little bit more extra. But, yeah, we do have, um, you know, we can help you. Help us that with regard. that
0: part of it. Mm-hmm. What have you seen, though? Like, give me a success story, somebody that started with you guys from forming the LLC to going through copywriting and trademarks.
1: So I would say one success story I have is uh, Wayne from Happy Hearts Pet Care. Um, He came to me when he first started his business. Well, I mean, he had already had it started, but it wasn't on the scale that it is like now. Um, So we had he started with us with just a legal chat. He's like, Hey, you know, this is where my business is at right now. And I can see myself growing, but I don't know how best to like strategize and do stuff to like, you know, take it to where I envision. And his goal was to have a retail pet, um, grooming shop. He was mobile at the time, but he wanted a physical location. And so we talked about it and, um, he now has, his um, location. I introduced him to the commercial real estate broker that helped him to get into this space. And I just talked to him like last week. And we were talking about when he, we first met, his business was doing five figures. And now he is doing, you know, substantial like six figure business.
0: Is he here in Atlanta? Mm
1: hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so it was just been amazing to like see him, you know, this young guy come into my office, just, you know, on a simple, you know, legal strategy conversation that was it and then we worked with him and now he's like like i said retail shop accomplished that looking to get a second one making you know strong like six figures i'm like wow. go ahead wayne
0: wow so i don't we don't have pets so i wouldn't know anything about it. <laughs> no I, I got enough to deal with with the kids so i heard you you said it a couple of times legal strategy sessions what does that look like and um how do i get one
1: So we call them um, legal chats, Mm -hmm. and we offer them in different time increments. And he he booked an hour-long one. So he came to my office, and we sat down for an hour, and he told me what he wanted to accomplish with his business. And then we kind of came up with, like, an outline, like a framework – Okay, these are some things that you should strongly consider um, based on where you're at in business and where you're looking to go. And then, you know, here are some people or some resources that I know that can help you in your business journey.
0: That's nice. How much is that for an hour? One fifty. Only one yeah. fifty. You're gonna do all of that for me for one fifty.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow, that's that's really nice. You're really giving back.
1: Hey, you know, I'm an entrepreneur myself. Like I have built several businesses and I understand what it takes. Um, And then, you know, some of the other services cost a little bit more like the trademark and copyright. But I I, being an entrepreneur myself, I do want to help and I do want to give back. And I wouldn't have been able to build some of the businesses I built if other people didn't sell into me.
0: Mm, I like that. So let's talk about your law practice. Because that's all of this is falling under that: the business planning, the trademarking, the copywriting, the contracts. This started when did this vision that you wanted to be an attorney start?
1: When I was nine years old. Um, nine? Yeah, when I was nine. How do you know? Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> because well I'm West African I was born in Liberia so in African households like you really have like two options of what you want to do in life you want to be a doctor (laughs) you want to be a lawyer and that's it and both of my parents were in the medical field as nurses Mm -hmm. and so I was like yeah you know this medicine thing I just no I don't think I want to go in that direction like I think I want to blaze my own path and do something different so at the time I thought I wanted to be an actress um, be the next Whoopi Goldberg. But my mom and dad were like, no, nah, I don't think that's happening <laughs> for you. <laughs> that is not an option here. So I was like, okay, I like to read. I like to write. Mm-hmm. So how can I use the skill sets that I love to like help people in the entertainment space? That's how I started off. Um, and so, like I said, I love contracts because it's reading and it's writing. Um, so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go to law school because I like to read, I like to write. And I was on the debate team, the speech team, so I was like, you know, it just gives me a chance to do like everything that I am strong at and that I like to do, and so that's where the decision. So was
0: you going. felt this at nine, but between nine and you know, graduating from high school, was other than being an, an actor, was there anything else that you wanted to be?
1: No. Once I made the decision, like I just set up my whole life to accomplish this one mm. goal. Um, so even where I went to college, like I went there because it had a strong pre-law program. But then when I thought about it, I was okay. If I major in pre-law, like what, what am I going to do with that? If I don't go to law school with that degree. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then I ended up changing to communications with a minor in marketing. Yeah. Um, cause I was like, okay, if law school doesn't work out, then at least I can do like PR or something like that. But yeah, I set up my whole entire life. Um, once I made that decision, um, to, to make it happen. And I think that's even just as we relate back to business, mm-hmm. you got to make a decision, but I also think it's, you got to be in purpose. Right. And I feel like if it's God's calling for your mm. life or God's purpose for your life, no matter what obstacles come in the way. And cause there were obstacles. Like I did. like what?
0: Give me a big obstacle that you overcame. I
1: did poorly on the LSAT the first time. Like I had to apply to law school twice. I, I might have taken the bar exam one time, but I had to apply twice to get into law school. And the first time I didn't make it, mm-hmm. some of that was hubris, like pride. Because I felt like, oh, I'm smart. I don't really need to study for this. Thing. Oh, I got so you this. take
0: you taking you taking the responsibility.
1: Yeah, I'm taking okay. and you have to. I mean, that's yeah. part of growth, right? Um, and I realized God humbled me real quick when those test results came back, and it was awful. Those LSAT scores. I was like, okay, clearly I don't have this, so <laughs> I need to like readjust. And I found myself a mentor. I found somebody who, a couple people actually, who had successfully applied to law school. I asked them for advice, like, hey, what do I need to do? I took um, a prep course to help me learn the tricks and te- to study for the LSATs. Mm-hmm. And then the second time around, I actually got into law school because I adjusted my strategy, right? I didn't feel like, okay, I got this myself. Like, I built a team of people who could help and support me. And so I as somebody who has experienced um things not working out, that yes. delayed gratification, i would definitely say when you have a setback just like sit back, think about it for a second, but don't give up on your dream. Mm. You might just need to go about it a different way yes. in order to get, you know, that actual goal that you're trying to achieve.
0: So, you've talked about law school and i see so often now on social media where people are saying like, don't send your kids to college. Right. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I just want to know. Like, I mean, we're going to defend some people, but I want to know, like, I mean, you, I literally had a conversation with somebody and it was like, I would never send my kids to college. I have my thoughts on it. Right. Cause everybody's different. Every kid is different. And as a parent, we're supposed to recognize some of those special skills and, and, you know, they'll like things that they like so that we can help guide them. But some of us don't have parents that can see that. So what are your thoughts on sending kids to college?
1: I feel like for me, college was a waste, right? The only thing that I got from college was because I moved from Minnesota and I went to college in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I stepped into myself and who I was being in Chicago. Um, that really, like, grew me. Um, and so that was like the biggest advantage. And then I made like lifelong friends in college. But other than that, like, I feel like the whole thing was a waste, but it was necessary for me to go, <laughs> right? Because,
0: cause you wouldn't, you can't get a law degree exactly, without it.
1: Exactly. But I feel like even though I have uh, two degrees, yes, I don't feel like school is for everybody yes. and i I will say that. And a lot of people will be like, oh, my God, you have two degrees. How can you say that? But I don't feel like school is for everybody. And I know, like, my sisters, because I, I don't have any kids of my own yet, but um, they really want their kids to do the traditional thing and go to college and get that degree. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, like, school isn't for everybody and everybody has, like, a different path to so. Yes. And as long as you have a plan and you have a goal and you're moving in purpose, I feel like... As adults, um, as parents, we should support that.
0: I agree. You know, I think I wanted my kids to go to college because I know that you can go to college and start a business while you're in college, but some of the things that you talked about, those lifelong friends and experiences, yeah, you can get them not going to college, but there's some things that I've seen people get. I didn't because I thought I was grown early on, so I went to college, but I really didn't go to college. Like, I go to class, I leave, I go to work, but- Listen at that people that pledge or those people that you meet and just those experiences i don't think you can ever replace that no i don't think you can but like you said every kid is different if one of my kids say you know what dad i want to go to real estate school or i want to go to um be a mortgage officer or whatever that is i want to go take shopping i want to be a framer i would support it it's just that the the narrative that i keep hearing is like don't ever send them if that's the case don't send them to high school either because you definitely, because I haven't figured out what it's geometry for yet.
1: <laughs> I, I don't even know. I barely made it through geometry, so I, I couldn't even tell you. So
0: I don't know anybody that likes geometry. And I can't
1: even do algebra to save my life, but <laughs> thankfully I have a job where
0: I don't need it. So I don't yeah. have to do it. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's the case, but I don't know. that just, you know, thoughts that I have around growing up and us building and taking time because we're going to figure that out over time. That's yeah. part of the late gratification. I know for me. I've been in business now in the real estate industry for 28 years and I learn something every day, but it's some things that I sacrificed or didn't do early on that I'm grateful because now I see some of the benefits. It's some of the things where, you know, I didn't collect or, or my rents wasn't as high, but I was able to hold on to a property that has really good value right now, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and the, and the challenging days, they're, they're very, very beneficial. When you stop, to stand back and look at it. So I got to ask you this one. Since you've been a, an adult in business, give me something that you felt like, man, I, I want to quit. I'm going to go and get a job. Have you had one of those days?
1: Yeah, when I first started my law practice, I totally felt that way because I started in um, a recession. Mm. Um, and I was just like, I'm straight out of law school. And I started because I had applied to different firms and nobody would give me a job. Why? Uh, Because we were in a recession, and so you were in a market completing with, like, people who had 5, 10, 15 years of experience. So why would they hire me? No experience over somebody who's available in the marketplace with more experience than I had. Um, So I had just came off of interning at the uh, Obama office. Um, It was at the time he was running for office. Really? Yeah.
0: Like he was running for president?
1: Uh Yeah. Um, So I had just that whole experience, and I was like, you know what? You know Obama. Uh, so here's an interesting fact. Um, Ooh, like, wait a minute. I was, I was working in his, <laughs> I was interning in his Senate office, okay. and so I started up in the front answering phones. And Lord Jesus, answering those phones will teach you patience and <laughs> listening skills because everybody's calling in with their issues, with their mm. problems, and I think that's part of what's made me a good attorney is because I've learned how to listen and listen with compassion and so I worked my way from answering phones and it was like non like I when I went home at night I would hear the phones ringing because it was like non-stop ringing but I worked my way from the front to the back and so when I got to the back that's you know where Obama and all the other important staffers are um I actually would write the letters that he would send out and then Valerie Jarrett, um, she would review them. Um, and then if they were all good and she liked it, then we put his signature. He would sign them. Um, so I, I wrote this letter. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. So I had left all of that. And I was like, okay, so. Hold
0: on, <laughs> wait a minute. I'm still stuck on Obama. Hold on. You got pictures with him?
1: Um, no, I didn't, because he was out campaigning. He was. Hardly, you didn't get a selfie. No, because he he was on the road at that time. He was running for president of the United States of America. Was it? So he was hardly in the Senate office.
0: But do you did you take a lot from that experience of working there? Did that help you in anything like grow or the relationships?
1: Yeah, it definitely helped me to grow, okay. um, and yeah, there were some, I got, like, one of my first clients, actually, from that experience, so yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely helped.
0: I never knew that. I learned something today. Yeah. Wow, so after that, what what was next?
1: Um. So, I'm leaving this, and, you know, it was such, the whole world was, you know, the first black president like everybody was on such a high and I'm like in a low in my life like I invested all this time all this money going to law school and I thought I was gonna work at a law firm and it's now working out and can you imagine like trying every day every morning you're waking up sending out resume after resume after resume and I still have um like some of those rejection letters and same thing when I applied to law school the first time I have a stack of like 25 rejection letters And I was just like, you know what? This is something you said you wanted to do. This is something you believe in. And you strongly feel like it's in purpose. So I was like, if nobody's going to give me an opportunity, then I'm going to create one for myself. And Mm. that's exactly what I did. So the day he swore into office... Is the day that I opened up the doors to my law practice. I did some bartering to get some office space. I gave free legal services in exchange for a spot. Um, And then I just started like hustling, you know, putting stuff out there to get clients. and, And here we sit today. But, you know, I'm just like I said, I'm living proof that life doesn't always go as planned. Rejection is gonna hit you. But if it's something you truly believe in and something you truly want, that delay gratification is worth it.
0: It's worth it. How do we reach you? Um, so Tell them how you reach.
1: Uh, you can reach me um, <laughs> on Instagram. Um, uh, you can, but here's the thing about Instagram. There is like a book button on there, right? Okay. And so when they click the book button, then that actually comes to me. So DMing me on Instagram is not the best way to reach me. Mm. But if you click that book button and you schedule a consultation um, that's one way to reach me
0: so do you have so that I know you said 15 30 60 minute consultations and we can click on that
1: and schedule your increment the 15 minute one is free and then the 30 minute one is 75 and the hour long is 158
0: wow that is and I can ask all kind of questions during my I mean, legal co- stuff for my business. Yes, I mean,
1: obviously, we will be more able to help you if they're business-related mm-hmm. or real estate-related questions. Now, if you're trying to ask me about some personal injury stuff or some family it's law, not, stuff, that's not what no, you do. That's doing. not what I do. It's not
0: what you do. Straight business. Wow. Do you have any like checklist for starting a business? Anything that we can go and buy and download.
1: Yeah. So we offer a free profit planner because okay. definitely being in business, you got to know your numbers. Yes. Um, so that is a free download that we offer, um, for whether you're starting a business or you've been in business for mm-hmm. a while, cause your numbers change. Um, so that's one of the things it's called, um, five steps to get paid. So it's a workbook and you have like five different things that you have to do to help you. One, establish what your profit is, kind of recognize like what service or good you're going to sell. So that at the end of the day, now you have like a strategic plan. Once you complete all the sections to go out here and get paid in business.
0: And you said free.
1: It's free. Yeah. It's a free download.
0: So you like, where do I download that from?
1: Um, You can go to again on Instagram in the link, Mm -hmm. you can click on the link and download it from there. Um, So yeah. So we make it easy or you can go to the website and get it too.
0: What makes you give back? So, like, what does that come from? Cause I, I hear it like throughout you give a lot. Why are you giving so much?
1: Because it's how I was raised in African culture and African community. You, it's about community. Mm. Um, you are strong because of your community. It's not about like the individual. It's about the collective whole. And so even though I was raised in America, our parents, Raised us as if we were still in Africa, if we were still home. So all of those traditional African values, those are things that they instilled in me. And my mom always just taught us, like, granted, I am running a business, so it's not about, you know, I still do things from business sense. (laughs) But at my core, um, it's about giving back and, you know, empowering, enhancing the community. So I think a lot of who I am today stems from that.
0: From your upbringing, Mm -hmm. Janetta, thank you for being on the Lake Gratification podcast. I got to get you back on because I got some stuff I want to ask, but I want to ask it when we're talking about a different topic. So again, thank you, thank you for watching this episode of the Lake Gratification podcast. Y'all make sure y'all go follow Janetta Pay, book Janetta Pay, book uh, a session with her. Download she's giving away so much free information y'all we got a supporter go whatever she's doing make sure you follow her supporter i love y'all see y'all on the next episode